Salwate de Schipoli, and welcome again to another episode of Latin in Layman's. I know it's been a while, it's been about a week, but I'm back at it, and we're going to be do doing a lot of suffixes and etymologizing of words. I'm going to go into medical suffixes, kind of expand on those. Uh, we've talked about them before in the past, but I'm going to introduce them, talk about them a little bit, and then what we're going to do is I have a little bit of a different thing that we're going to try this time around. I've got some sentences that I've created and I've embedded within those sentences a certain word that we're going to etymologize, basically. I know I'm using that word a lot, but it's a word, and I'm going to use it more often because we need to be etymologizing more of our words to further understand the true sense and the meaning of the word itself. That's what etymos refers to in Greek, the true sense of. So etymology refers to the study of the true sense of, and in this case, words. So without further ado, if you guys are interested, then I would love for you guys to go ahead and show me some support on Spotify. Just, you know, if you have listened to a few episodes, you can give me a rating on the mobile app. I I, I try to do it on my computer, but they don't give me the option of uh, seeing the rating on the computer. So I think you can only do it via phone regardless that and or uh, my Latin and layman Spotify or Apple podcast um, of which we had our ratings go from 10 to 11 recently. So I want to shout out Steam 7-Eleven again. Appreciate you. See, biologists can even appreciate the true sense and the origin of words. So without further ado, let's get into the medical suffixes, itis, oma, and osis first off. These three suffixes are seen widely in medical terminology. And the first one, itis, meaning an inflammation of or an inflammatory disease of. In a medical context, that suffix has adopted the specialized sense of inflammation just in general and occurs broadly. Arthritis, bursitis, appendicitis, um, gastritis, colitis, so broadly, in fact, that its broad sense of trouble relating to has spread into a lot of popular speech producing um, atrocities and monstrosities like vacationitis and uh, televisionitis and uh, shut your faceitis. The second suffix, oma, which has a basic sense of cancer or tumor, um, is something for that you need to become used to about the medical terms that uh, that we're looking at. None of them, or at least very few of all these terms that we look at in the medical field, mean good news from the doctor. Um, most of them describe diseases, afflictions, plagues, ails, ailments, rashes, aches, pains, and every other ima imaginable type of psychological and physiological horror. Why? Well, because that's why you'd go to the doctor back in the day. Same for today, even. If everything's fine, then why would we go, essentially? But only when bad things happened, uh, start happening do you seek a doctor's advice, and that means most medical terms are just, well, kind of meh. They're just not, they don't have a good origin about them. They don't have a good sense about them. But that should beg the question, why don't we go to the doctor when it's not absolutely vital. Why don't we go to the doctor before we have to actually go when we yet need to? Well, that's up to you. The third suffix, osis, the disease condition of. It's what the suffix cis, the act of, 
becomes when it checks into the hospital. And note, please, that when an osis word is turned into an adjective, it becomes otic, aka if we have something like psychosis, it would therefore turn into psychotic, right? Psychosis, the noun, psychotic would be the adjectival form. Let's go ahead and look at just an osis word real quickly. How about arthrosclerosis? It's not arthrosclerosis, that's different. Arthro refers to joint um, speech sound or artic articulation rather. And then a going through square, which means hard, and then osis means the conditioning of. And what does arthrosclerosis mean? A stiffening or hardening of the joints essentially. Next, let's dive into ectomy the surgical removal of, which should look very familiar to you because it's a combination of the prefix ek, ec, out, and the base tome, which means to cut. That's where we get anatomy from. Anna meaning up, tomi referring to cut, anatomy, anatomy meaning to cut up, essentially, like I talked about before in the past. We consider the body to be sacred and that of uh, a godly-like uh, presence in until we uh, reached the Enlightenment period when we started to, to question the body and what was underneath the skin and all the biological processes that could very much in, envelop who we are because we are so intricate. Um, in fact, that's what gave us the rationality to even, give, uh, to even consider something like that and think critically about such. Another ek word is where we get eccentric from. Ek meaning out of, centric referring to the center. Centric meaning, well, eccentric rather, out of the center. The next suffix, tomi, remember like we were just talking about before, like anatomy, a surgical operation on or surgical cutting of. It's just like ectomy without the ek. So tomies happen when the doctor cuts into something but doesn't take it out, okay? Ectomy refers to the removal of. Tomy is just the cutting into portion. And it doesn't have to be a doctor necessarily. I find this very interesting, but a lizard itself can do it, right? Autotomy. Autotomy. There we go. Not autonomy. Autotomy is when a lizard casts off tome its own auto body part, uh, like its tail when it's trying to escape a predator. So when you, whenever you see a tailless lizard running around on the road, uh, now you know why it's alive. It's because it did a little self-cutting off of um, and uh, got away from the predator. You should also know that there is a medical suffix tome, meaning a surgical instrument for the cutting of such, you know, thing, as in a microtome an instrument for making small cuts, micro meaning small, or an osteotome, osteo referring to bone, tome again referring to that surgical instrument, which is used to cut into bone. Uh, yikes. Regardless of the final suffix to discuss is rhea here. Rhea refers to a an abnormal discharge of. This is where we get diarrhea. Diarrhea doesn't actually refer to number three, okay? It actually refers to just an abnormal discharge through the body in this case, right? Because dia means through, like a diameter, through, and then meter referring to length and or measurement. What does a diameter do? It cuts through the length of a circle entirely, okay? And the radius is half of a diameter. Um, we get things like, uh, other than diarrhea, we get amenorrhea. That's when um, a woman is not having their menstrual cycle. 
a meaning without menos referring to month mens in uh latin or in greek rather referring to month uh mens mentis in latin is mind but mens in greek is month and then rea referring to abnormal discharge of so amenorrhea is an abnormal without the abnormal monthly discharge of um because you know uh a period, um, a female's cycle, you know, it's, it's, it's abnormal. Sometimes it's not always, uh, you know, to a T and, uh, I can't speak for myself or for girls in general or anything like that. But, um, you know what? I can't say that I appreciate you guys for having to go through that process because, uh, uh, I hear it's quite a, a deal, you know what? And yeah, we won't get into it because I have nothing else to say about it, but I see you guys, and thank you for doing the hard work that us dudes don't have to deal with. Um, in fact, we don't really have to deal with much uh, other than um, toxic masculinity that's going around quite a bit nowadays. But I won't get into that because we're just etymologizing today, and we're not getting into anything controversial. Amenorrhea referring to without the month's abnormal discharge of again, and that's what amenorrhea is a lot of the time. Uh, also, uh, women that are severely underweight and or a lot of triathletes, marathon runners, hardcore athletes that are just really, really lean. Uh, people that are very lean in general, uh, bodybuilders know this, really, really hardcore athletes know this. You tend to get a really, really wonky uh, endocrine system imbalance. Your hormones are all over the place because your body really relies on um, adipose tissue, fat tissue, in order to regulate your body's um, hormonal system. Uh, that's why women need it. Men need it. I mean, if men don't have it, then we have a loss in libido. Um, uh, lib it comes from actually the Latin, which means it is to please basically, or it is pleasurable, essentially, um, which is kind of what libido is essentially, but um, without getting into the reads of it, because I have a younger audience out there. But yeah, we have to realize that uh, a healthy body is, um, it is not overweight. It's not obese or anything like that, but it's also not underweight. Remember, like we all realized from our beautiful Buddha, man, Siddhartha realized, he was like, you know what, it's not about this opulent lifestyle, but it's also not about going the 180 degree direction and fasting under a fig tree for, you know, 40 days. It's just about the middle path, right? Makes me think about bodybuilders, for instance, just how I was talking about it before. It's not about bulking and being on the diet. And then all of a sudden, once you compete and then you're done, you're just completely balls to the walls off the diet. I don't know how many people I met, especially when I was back in Utah, where they were so, so terribly strict on themselves um, to the point where it was like on and then off. You're either on or you're either off. That's not conducive to a healthy lifestyle at the end of the day. And you can argue with me, that's all good. But I've also been in that rut before where I feel like it's either, you know what, it's it's all pain, no gain. And then finally, once you do allow yourself that little bit of pleasure, that little bit of just semblance of relaxation, then your body kind of takes it and it holds on to it. And then it's like, all right, let's just go. You know what, we've already dove into it. Let's just go um, balls to the wall. So without further ado, let's practice some 
um, some etymologizing of words. And I'm getting a little bit of a dry mouth right now, so I'm going to take a little sweetly swig. It's been pretty, pretty dry in Colorado as per the usual, but we got a dipping down of weather yesterday. It was very, very interesting to have such foggy weather. So let's practice. Levi Strauss's work on myth is grounded in contrapletal concepts. Young, old, young, nature, nurture, inside, outside, contra. Let's look at that. What is that? That one prefix, which means against. What's next? The base plet. Plet meaning fill or full, okay? And then the suffix, the suffix here, that A-L refers to pertaining to. So what part of speech is this? If we were to think about pertaining to, well, it sounds like an adjective if it's pertaining to something that is probably modifying meaning. Well, it clearly has something to do with opposites, doesn't it? At least to judge from old, young, nature, nurture, inside, outside. Um, but how does fill or full plus against pertain to opposites? Contrapletal, contrapetal. All right. I'm just, I'm saying it contrapletal, C O N T R A P L E T A L, contrapletal, contrapetal. Well, what do pairs of opposites fill? I think that this is interesting con to consider because, well, kind of everything. In between opposites is everything else, isn't it? That is, in between the furthest extremes of hot and cold is every other temperature in between, aka warm, tepid, cool, chilly, arctic, boiling, and etc. Go. The list goes on and on and on. So what does this contrapletal mean? It means pertaining to a pair of polar opposites which complement one another. And that's exactly what we mean by saying that. Next one, the manager's prelation of certain employees will motivate some to do better, but will also embed resentment in others. What's the prefix here? Prelation. Yep, pre, meaning before in front of, right? Like a prelude or a pro, or not a prologue, a prelude or a um, preceding. Um, the base, L-A-T. L-A-T, that means to bear and or carry. The suffix, rather, or next, rather, I-O-N, in. So we have pre, that L-A-T, lot, meaning to care and or bury, and then I-O-N, eon, referring to the act of. The act of, what is the part of speech in this case? It's probably got to be a verb, okay? Well, if you didn't know, now you know it's O. Yeah. Well, it could be either a, a verb or a noun. Now I'm I'm having to sift through it because uh, I just have these words and I just kind of go off of them and I'm winging it. But let's go ahead. Let's say it could be the act of would be a noun in this case, not the action. The act of would be a noun. And then if we are prelated rather, or we are prelate, then it would be a verb. Now, that was easy. Now, I had to suss that out of my head a little bit. So, what's the manager do doing? Well, bearing certain employees forward, which is weird. What, do you, what does that mean, essentially? How does a manager bear his employees or her employees or their employees forward? The sense here is advancement, isn't it? So, what are they doing? Well, 
Remember, to always try to alternate a form of a base in order to understand the word better, you can try if there is an alternate. Remember how I'm always touting about word substitution? It's because we can approach language mathematically, and I always do it because I'll say it time and time again. Let's ponder it, though. What's the alternative of lot? How about fair, ferro, which means to bear and or carry in Latin, right? That is the substitute fair, and we're going to put it in here. And instead of having that lot for prelation, how about we put pre-fer-ment? How about preferment? What is when you prefer something? That's got to be an aspect of favoritism here, right? So the manager is essentially just displaying favor towards some employees over others, which again, as we said at the very beginning of our uh, little spiel here, it will embed resentment in others. So there we go. Prelation, bearing certain employees forward is the etymological sense. And in this case, it's just displaying a favoritism towards some employees over others. Now let's shift gears again and look at some more medical suffixes beginning with path. Path here, or path rather, P-A-T-H, one who suffers from a disease of, one who treats a disease. The suffix path is actually a back formation of the next suffix pathy, a disease of or treatment of disease of or by. Examples would include pathologies, empathy, pathos, psychopath, sociopath. I think you get the point. Next one we have is ASIS. I-A-S-I-S is another disease condition of suffix. And it's an extension of the suffix that you've probably already seen and that we've talked about before, which is cis, S-I-S. Note that it can sometimes mean just the process of, like odontasis, the process of creating teeth, odont, right? Odont, remember when we think of a periodontitis? or what periodontitis is, peri meaning around, odont referring to teeth, itis referring to inflammation of. It is inflammation around the teeth, and what is around your teeth? Your G-U-M-S, your gums, okay? So there you go with that. Now, moving on, though, the next suffix that we want to talk about is therapy, meaning the treatment of, of or by. As you might guess, there's a base, therap, T-H-E. E-R-A-P, which we did not study and I didn't talk about, which just means to treat and or attend to. In Greek, a therapon is just an attendant, rather in ancient Greek. Next, the suffix um, that's medical, emia, one of my favorites, the condition of or presence in the blood, has many pathologies that can arise and flourish from this suffix. You guys have heard me talk about him before because it's probably the first one that I learned that really pivoted me into this uh, love of etymology. Examples can include septicemia, hyponitremia, hypothermia, hyperkalemia, hypokalemia, hypophosphatemia, hyperphosphatemia, and so on and so forth. I love the base M-Y-S, my. That's the next one that we'll get into. It gives the, the sense of the word muscle, and it comes from the Greek base that means mouse, that M-Y. So what's a muscle etymologically? Well, the suffix col is actually a diminutive. So a muscle is a little mouse, probably because of the resemblance of mice and muscles. Think about it. 
Think of muscles as mice running under rugs and creating little moving bumps. Someone was having linguistic fun that day, in my opinion, because uh, it makes me think of like looking at your like forearm or and you start to like, you know, move your fingers and you see all of the the, the rippling forearm muscles, all of those little um, little fibrous muscles running underneath the rugs. So um, that's the, I think that that's really cute. But also, my favorite part about it is that it's little mice. M muscles are a diminutive form. It's not just a mouse. It's little mice. Well, my little mice are certainly diminutive that I'm looking at right here. But uh, uh, what about a uh, bodybuilder? I still think that the fact that the word muscular and mousy are cognate is kind of funny. And I love it. And what does that say about muscle cars or bodybuilders? You know, those muscular men and women uh, that compete for aesthetic dominance, well, uh, I guess they're mousy. I don't know. But, yep, there you go with that one. Okay? So we're going to talk about one more, and then we're just going to wrap it up because I realized that we've already been going over 20 minutes, and uh, I didn't realize before, but now I did. So let's go ahead and talk about our next one. Tone. T-O-N, a stretching or a tension of, which gives us the word tonic. For example, tonic-clonic refers to the seizures involving both tonic, the stiffening, and clonic, the twitching or jerking uh, phases of muscle activity. So tonus refers to stretch. Clonos, uh, initially from the Greek, meaning turmoil, which then later translated to a violent muscular spasming, rapidly alternating contractions and relaxation of muscle, essentially. The connection of that tonic supposedly tone your muscles. That is, just by drinking them, they make you stronger. Did you know that? Well, you know, snake oil and other fake medicines have been around us as long as humans have been living, um, just trying to cure anything. Just look at the amount of dietary uproar going on around our hemisphere and nutrition. I mean, good God, when I think about it, I've got carnivore, gluten-free, dairy-free, breatharian, vegan, low-sugar, ketogenic. It's everywhere. It's just thrown in your face. Everybody's right about their own dietary things. And nutritionists are some volatile people, I've realized, because, man, if you start to say something, then you got so many people from all different, uh, you know, sides of the the spectrum coming in and putting in their two cents and uh seldom do we realize that we do our diets in order to adhere to our individuality because of our bodies and how they're so much more different and yet we're still trying to shove stuff down other people's throats as if we are always the right ones everybody needs to shut up like Hippocrates stated way, 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 way long ago, let food be thy medicine and let medicine be thy food. And I guess we've taken that bit of history and doubled down on it to the nth degree because, man, are we doubling down on it. If everyone knew that although history doesn't necessarily repeat itself, sure does rhyme. Tone can also refer to a, ver a vocal pitch as in tone, Right. Here, the connection is based on the straining of the vocal cords as they stretch to create higher sounds. Indeed, some singers' tones make me want to drink a tonic. Not going to lie. But we won't get into that because uh, we don't need to. That's going to conclude for today's episode. I very much appreciate you guys showing up, giving me your attention, and uh, inputting some information. I want to shout everybody out. 
I want to shout out my prior students. I had my last day at my prior position at Vanguard yesterday after I had put in my two weeks notice two weeks ago. Uh, you know, self-explanatory there. It's been a very difficult and emotional time this past week. And I just want to say how much I appreciate all of my students. And I want to shout out every single one of them. And if I could, I would by name. But you know what? I can't do that unless I got a lot of permissions. And I'm too lazy to do that right now. So if any of my students actually want to get shouted out and they can get the permission to do so, love to shout you guys out individually because you guys really made me feel so, so warm. It was a really, really hard decision to have to, to, to break away from what I was doing to shift to a new environment because I'm going to be going to a different school and I've done so through a lot of soul searching, a lot of thinking. And I just know that this is the right opportunity and choice for me because of how, how much turmoil it really has caused me. I've thought about it for so long. And when I finally made the decision, I knew it was right. When I saw the school, I knew that this is my pivot because what I was told when coming into my, my current position has not come to be what was the truth or what I thought was the truth. And, um, I've, at the end of the day, like I always tout, lead your life with honesty, because at the end of the day, regardless of what happens to you, if you just lead with integrity, you know that you're in the right, no matter what, at the end of the day, regardless if you get effed over, if you get messed up, if you get, I don't know, if you get robbed, I don't know. If you get robbed of your, I don't know, mental, for oh, I, I don't know. There's a lot of words that I have to say about this all that I just don't want to say because it's it's important to just move forward. And that's what I want to do with my life. And that's what I'm always trying to do. And I'm always trying to do it in a way where I also want to give as much as I can. And I hope that I gave as much as I could because all I do and all I wanted to do and all I do and why I do what I do why I did this and told my students as such when I had to tell them that I was leaving is because at the end of the day, the reason why I show up every single day is not for anybody but my students and to expand their minds and to show them the beauty of Latin and language and how it's all around them and that they are made up of Latin and that we'd slap our arms and our legs and our thighs and we'd be like, this is Latin and we're made up of Latin. Because think about it, you know, the terms, the language, the language envelops who we are. If we don't have the language to describe the musculature that is what we are made up of, then what are we? We are the latissimus dorsi, the quadriceps femoris, the biceps femoris. We are the deltoids, the medial, the posterior, the anterior. Anterior. We are the pec minor, major, pec minor. We are the the brachy, uh, the um, bicep brachii, the tricep brachii, the brachioradialis, the corticoradial uh, brachialis, rather, were the phalanges, were the metatarsals, the carpals, um, were the anterior tibialis, were the soleus, were the gastrocnemius, were the belly of the leg, were the semitendinosus, the semimembranosus, were the the erector spinae, were the erector abdominis, were the 
transverse abdominis. We're the, we're just everything. So I'm going to miss you guys. And we had a lot of fun. And I hope that you guys will soon understand or come to understand that Mr. Connor Lee did not abandon you guys and that he loves his students oh so much and that at the end of the day, the only way and the only, in fact, I was, I had other people have to tell me that I was going to, that it would be okay because I didn't think it would be okay because I don't want them to feel like they have been abandoned because I know what it feels like to be abandoned in a way um, and, you know, not included or not seen. And, and my MO is to see all of my students as the individuals that they are and to meet them where they're at because I don't expect perfection and I don't expect everybody to be right. And I don't expect all right answers. I just expect effort and I expect you to show up and I expect nothing more than that. So thanks again, everybody for showing up. I would appreciate some support. Take care and have a nice weekend. Tempo says to Skidderay.